0: I used to be in the Darien School District in Connecticut during my middle and high school days. It was a wealthier district, and a lot of field trips were offered to the students. I was a member of the chorus, and every year we'd take at least one or two optional field trips as a class. The year in question, in which I was a sophomore, we took a trip to Woodlock Pines Resort in Pennsylvania. The bus ride there took a few hours. I was with my friend Landon. We were going to be sharing a room. From the moment we got there, we figured it was going to be pretty dead. It was November after all, so it was cold up there. We had three days planned for the trip, and there were four chaperones. They weren't really following us at all times, we just had to tell them what activities we'd be going to do. The first day was fun. Landon and I, along with two girls who we were friends with, did some go-karting, rock climbing, went in the pool, and then we went to eat dinner. After dinner, we went back to our room and just hung out for a while. For the record, not all of us students were able to get rooms next to each other. The room was ground level, and there was a clear sliding door that provided a view of the lake down the hill. We went back out for a while, then came back to the room at about 10 o'clock. We left the blinds to the door open because the moon was giving off a cool reflection on the lake down below. Little did we know that would be the start of a nightmare. If I had to guess, I would say it was a whole hour of us just rolling around in both of our beds trying to get comfortable, occasionally talking, before Landon, whose bed was closer to the door, screamed. I had no idea what was going on, why he could have been screaming or if it was a joke, until I looked at the door. It was a sight from a horror movie. There was a really tall, skinny older woman with long grayish hair standing on the other side of the door, with her hands cupped up against the glass next to her face, as if she were trying to better see into the room. The woman then walked away. Landon looked at me, I guess waiting for me to get up so he would have the confidence to get up as well and run outside after her. When we did, we didn't see her anywhere though. The cement trail that ran past each and every room of the building was void of any people. There was nobody on the surrounding grass, nor anyone walking down the hill. We both saw the woman though, so we knew we weren't seeing things. The next day we didn't tell any of the chaperones, but we told the two girls who we were friends with. Night came once again after a long day of many activities. We entered the room through the back door and made sure to shut the blinds this time. Landon fell asleep before me. I fell asleep around half an hour after him. I woke up to silence. I couldn't tell if something had woken me up or not. All I knew is that I didn't feel right. I sat up and whispered Landon's name to see if he was awake. He didn't answer, so I turned to the left out of pure instinct and curiosity to look at him, but I couldn't see him. Something was blocking my view of the other bed. I looked up, and towering over my bed was the tall, old woman. She took two steps back as she said, Your back door was unlocked, before turning around and walking outside. I was frozen in that bed except for my shaking. I woke Landon and told them what happened. We locked the back door, shut the blinds once again, and agreed to stay up the rest of the night. It was already 4 in the morning, so we wouldn't be losing much sleep. By 8 o'clock, we went to the dining hall to eat breakfast. When we got back to our room building ready to tell our chaperones, we could see the old woman through the glass of the neighboring room. She was sitting on the bed, hands folded, sitting up straight facing the door, facing us. We ran to the front desk in the lobby building to report her to the staff instead of the chaperones. It was weird, none of them really knew what to do in the situation. Eventually we persuaded them to come to the woman's room with us. There they found the woman sitting in the same position along with an older man sitting on the other bed, looking up at them as they entered. Apparently the woman had some kind of mental disorders, but the man wasn't all there either. There was something very off-putting about him, and they just weren't the kinds of people that you'd expect to see at a family-friendly resort. The staff wouldn't kick the two out like we hoped though, so we told our chaperones. Long story short, after a lot of arguing between chaperones and staff, we had to end the trip early and we all went home. Me and Landon were just happy to get out of there. When I was in the 4th grade, my class took a field trip to a rural zoo-type place about an hour away from our school. I remember vividly it was a cloudy day, with the occasional raindrop or two falling. The zoo was kind of small, but it was kid-friendly. It had a decent amount of habitats. Mostly smaller animals, though, nothing exotic. There was also a big building as part of the zoo, where taxidermied animals were put on display, along with other interesting attractions that I don't really remember. Admittedly, I was kind of off in my elementary and middle school years. I would do weird, antisocial things and my teachers and my mom would pick up on it. For whatever reason, when we were touring the building as a group, I decided to walk into one of the bathrooms without telling any of the teachers. I did my business, washed my hands, and entered back out into the hallway. Nobody was around. I walked down one of the hallways we hadn't crossed yet. I still vividly remember the dim, moody lighting and the scarlet-red carpets of the hallways. My eight-year-old imagination was going wild as I witnessed all the stiff, lifeless animals that were once alive behind the glass boxes. I stopped in my tracks when I saw some man, obviously hiding behind a stack of chairs. I think I laughed, thinking the man was joking around. He came around from the chairs and walked over to me, asking where the group went. I said, I don't know. He grabbed my hand and told me to follow him. I must have thought he was taking me back to the group. He led me to an exit door, which led to the back section of the building, by a couple of dumpsters, a few benches, and the woods. When we got outside, his tugging became a lot more aggressive, and his grip became tighter around my arm. He was pulling me into the woods. I didn't scream or cry for help, but I remember the feeling I felt in my stomach, like I was so afraid that I could throw up. And then a woman screamed at the top of her lungs. It was one of the teachers on the other side of the fence. The man let go of me and ran into the woods. Moments later a few of the teachers ran outside the exit door to this side of the fence and pulled me back inside. The teachers all yelled at me, but at the same time comforted and smothered me. They called my parents, and the field trip was officially over. The owners of the attraction called the cops, we all got back on the buses, and we all went home. As my bus was leaving the parking lot, however, my observant eight-year-old self spotted the man crouching down in the woods near the road, hiding behind a branch, watching the buses pass. Once again, for whatever bizarre reason, I kept quiet. I was probably too shy at the time or just too shaken up to say anything. All the other kids looked at me weird the rest of the ride home. I didn't care, but I hope that man never found success in snatching an unsuspecting young child like myself at the time. Back in high school, I took a mysteries and mythology-type class, or something like that, I don't remember the name of the class. It basically just had to do with real-life mysteries and creepy shit. I was into that kind of stuff. I was taking the class with a good friend, who I'll call Ben for this story. The teacher of the class took us on a field trip to a nearby, abandoned village with an unknown past. The village was built in the early 1900s, but seems as though it had been quickly abandoned shortly after it was built. The bus ride there was about 20 minutes. All of us were glued to the bus windows as we pulled up some sketchy-looking, decrepit road cutting through dense forest. The road eventually led to a clearing. We were there. We stepped out onto the road which had grass growing through the cracks. The grass surrounding was almost knee-high. Then there were the buildings. The tall, archaic brick buildings with the boarded up windows all gave off such chilling vibes. The teacher lined all 20 of us up, counted heads, and then began leading the way. The point of this little field trip was to use the so called skills we learned in class to see if we could put anything together about why the village may have been abandoned so long ago. Some of the buildings had holes in the walls to serve as entryways. There were even holes in the ground next to some of the buildings, seemingly dug to get into the basements of some of the buildings, which seemed creepy. There was one building, though. It stood taller than any of the others. It just intrigued me the most. While the teacher was leading the group towards the village church, Ben and I decided to sneak off on our own to look for anything interesting. When we walked off in the direction of the tallest building, We saw a hole in the ground. It was dug by the back door of the building, which had been sealed off. In the hole was a ladder, which led down to the concrete floor below. We both looked at each other and knew we had to do it. Ben climbed down first, then me. Luckily, this was just around the time Apple started putting flashlights on their phones, so we had a source of light. It was creepy down there. There were a couple of beer bottles, one graffiti tag on the wall, and dusty, wooden planks everywhere. There was a wooden stairway which led up to complete darkness, since all windows and doors had been sealed shut from above. We had already gone as far as to enter the building, so we figured we'd go up the stairs too. I went first, and with each step, the creakiness of the hundred-year-old wood made me feel as if I was going to fall through each and every step. Ben followed suit. This floor of the building was very tight. It seemed like there were many openings going off into different, smaller rooms. It was so dark in there, you would never even guess it was daytime. Ben and I were honestly starting to get creeped out in there, and agreed to go back outside. But just then, there was a noise in one of the tiny rooms, like a big rock hitting the concrete floor. A normal instinct would be to run, but Ben and I froze, locked eyes for a moment, then both tiptoed over to the opening of the room. We shined the lights into the room and ran. We ran back down the stairs and then up the rusty ladder back outside. We caught up to the group out of breath. We didn't say anything though to avoid getting in trouble. One of our classmates asked us what was wrong. We told him we snuck into one of the buildings and in one of the rooms when we shined the light into it We saw three guys standing maybe ten feet away from the doorway Facing Ben and I in a weird formation as if they were waiting for us As we continued following the group we paid extra attention to the tall building we entered from the distance and before leaving We saw a person's face at one of the higher level windows that had not been boarded up. We never told the teacher in fear of getting in trouble. We didn't know what to think. Were those just homeless people living in there? Were they gang members in hiding? Ben freaks me out with his theory. He says they were ghosts of the people who once lived in the town. Still, the way the three guys were just hauntingly standing there so calmly. Staring at us, the moment we peeked our heads through that doorway, I still can't get that image out of my head. I may go back to that village one day, just to prove Ben's idea wrong.